Jesus, thank you for your blood. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your name. We just proclaim your name. When in doubt, we say Jesus. And you're always there. Thank you, Jesus. You bring freedom. You bring grace to walk into your presence, Father God, that we can look you face to face, God. Just open our hearts this morning as you already have. Just continue to penetrate them. Give us understanding of your word as Scott brings it, as you bring it, Father God. Holy Spirit, thank you, God. Thank you, God. We praise you this morning, Father. We thank you for your open heavens, your favor over our lives, everyone in here. I just proclaim that in their lives, your favor, Father. They would see it. They would walk in it. Thank you, Jesus, without, without effort, because it's you, Father. It's you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus name so anyone who heard something during worship or has a awesome testimony from the week or saw a picture of anything whether it's for a specific person or for our you know the whole church as a whole or this little baby church <clears throat> we invite you to come up and share and while you're thinking about <clears throat> coming up and coming up and lining up I'll share a couple things just because I was over here sort of the people close to me I kept getting little pictures for but um, and it's kind of funny to say to Forrest and Amy because they're good friends of ours so it kind of seems like like oh yeah you know <laughs> you know this about them but no seriously though <laughs> we all know this about you <laughs> but just standing behind you I just couldn't shake just that when we read the prophetic training manual, chapter one, there's this one little statement in it that says something about true humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. And I thought out of the whole chapter, I'm like, that's my favorite part of that entire chapter. It's awesome. And then Lancer was said, I don't, yeah, I remember you were like, well, what does that really look like? And I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. But like, I don't have a good grasp on that, you know. And we were kind of just brainstorming and never really got our finger on it. We're like, well, God knows. He'll help us with that, I guess. But as I was behind you, I just kept hearing and feeling so strongly like this right here, these people here, as I saw your feet, actually, for some reason, these, this is true humility. This is people who don't just think less of themselves. They know they're loved. They know they're wonderful. They know they're gifted. But they put everyone else first. They, they're selfless. And I, and I didn't want to embarrass you or <laughs> be like, these are our best friends, so we're going to say something really cool to them. <laughs> but just so you know, like the Holy Spirit was saying, this is humility. And then um, I'm trying to remember your name. Is it? Debbie, Debbie, that's right. And then as I was looking at you, I just kept hearing freedom. Um, and then I thought, oh, does she need freedom? But no, it wasn't that you needed freedom. It was that you give freedom. That if someone needs freedom, that you give freedom to people. 
and that you were just free flowing, like your gifts were free flowing. And then um, I know your husband was by you earlier, and then I got the sense that he's just like a really real guy, a really fun guy, and that you guys as a couple are good friends, that you're just real, you're trustworthy, and you're fun. Like, you're not just like boring friends, but you're like good people to be with, you know, and that if your husband ever had someone give him kind of like this feeling like he wasn't super spiritual or he didn't have some gift that some other cool guy had, that God's like, no, you're the real deal. You are what makes an impact. Your practicality and your realness is going to affect people and touch people in life more than like the Mr., you know, like, I don't know what, let me do some spiritual thing to you, you know? <laughs> I can't even think of an example of it. <laughs> but anyways, just God was like, yes, you matter, and you make an impact, you know? And then um, this gal behind you that I'd never met before. Hi. <laughs> I'm Julia. What's your name? Janessa. Nice to meet you. <laughs> So for some reason, I kept seeing, um, and I wanted to look over at you, but then I thought, no, 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 don't look at her. <laughs> Just, now I get to look at you. <laughs> but I kept seeing, like, scotch broom, a bunch of scotch broom, and then I had this memory I totally forgot. Years and years ago, maybe 20 years ago, I had an uncle who had never been to the Northwest, and he came to visit. And it was right during when all the scotch broom is blooming up and down the highways, and it's just like yellow hillsides. And we don't even think about that scotch broom. It's like a weed to us in this state. But he said, this is so beautiful. You guys have these yellow flowers everywhere. Did you plant all these yellow flowers? I love these yellow flowers. And we laughed at him, and we were like, that's a noxious weed. And then I pictured like a perfectly groomed lawn and people putting chemicals on it and plucking and mowing and working and trying to keep like this gorgeous green lawn and they didn't want a clover and they didn't want a daisy and they didn't want a dandelion. But then I remembered when my daughter Grace was really little and she'd see the lawns with all the dandelions and she'd be like, look at that pretty lawn with all the flowers, you know. And then I asked the Lord, what in the world is the plant references with this lady? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you might have like, I guess maybe you'd call it insecurity, or like you might think something about yourself like, is scotch broom or dandelion, or you're, you have this about you you don't like, or I don't even know what it is, but like hypothetically, like I'm shy, or I don't look like her, or I don't talk like her, or this or that and, and we all do that to ourselves right so this could be for anyone really but I felt like I heard the Holy Spirit saying no that's beautiful like I made that scotch broom I made those dandelions and the only reason why people want to wipe those out and make their lawn all just right and all green is like a culture thing it's our culture that tells us to do that to our lawn and it's it doesn't it's not the right way so I felt like God was saying be careful not to like look at yourself through that lens and try to fit into some kind of mold because he made you so perfect and beautiful inside and out and you're who you're supposed to be and be yourself. And then um, a little bit later, more plant references, I saw him watering you. 
<laughs> so I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> and I felt like he was saying, he's watering you and he's been watering you, but he's going to water you more and you're growing and he wants to continue to water you. So. Amen. Amen. I don't want to talk too long, so I'm just going to stop now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can keep going all morning. Mine's really quick, Julia, but um, when you were speaking to, what's your name again? Jen, Jen, Janessa. Um, I got the idea of, uh, like when you said the lawn, don't we all wear those masks? We have little things that are bothering us or things that we don't think very well about ourselves, and I have really ugly feet. But anyway, I know the Lord has created me, and so that stuff doesn't hold me back, but the lawn can be like the mask that we wear. We, we want to present that good face to everybody. But we're all individuals, and we are all um, growing in him, so we want to overlook those, those things. And um, I, I just want to really quickly say that this last song, um, what a wonderful name it is, what a powerful name it is. He wants to bring his kingdom into our lives. He wants all the good things for us. He wants to restore us and, and um, give us revelation and heal us and bring salvation. And so uh, I was just really impacted by that, um, that his kingdom come in our lives in all ways. Just tap into it. So how many have had a really wonderful week? I have. What about Friday night? It was so good. I'm, I'm, I'm in my journey of learning, um, learning so much, but uh, putting away religion and living in freedom. And um, I read a verse this week that really impacted me. It's from Isaiah, uh, but it's prophesying about today, now. It says, uh, come, let's climb God's mountain. Oh, I'm reading in the message. Let's climb God's mountain and go to the house of the God of Jacob. He'll show us the way he works so we can live the way we're made. And I just thought, wow, that just sounds like such freedom. And, and you know, don't we want to be like our dads? You know, a lot of us want to be like our dads. And we want to be like my daddy. And so he's going to show us how he works so we can live the way he made us to live. Oh, that just impacted me. So be encouraged. I feel like I hear the Lord saying this morning that I am the source of your strength. I am the source of your strength. Again, I am the source of your strength. I am the strength of your life. In every situation, the past, future, current, he says, I am the source of your strength. I want to heal those areas in your life that have hurt you. I want to heal and touch those areas that have broken you down. He said, I'm the Lord, your healer, and I am the strength of your life. I want you to see my face when things feel tough, when you feel the enemy coming against you. I want you to see my face and behold my face. I am the strength of your life. I am raising you up. You will come out of the ashes of mourning. 
I will give you peace. I am your joy. I am your peace. Can't nobody break you down. For I am the Lord your God. And I heal it thee. And I strengthen thee. I am the source of your strength. Amen. So I'm going to just step out in something a little bit different, um, may not even be stepping out in anything. I typically have never, typically have never? I have never had a word of knowledge where I feel something in my body, but I feel like God might be just showing me something. So I've had on, on the side of my left calf for a couple days now, I keep getting this really warm, soothing heat. And I was like, wow, that's, that's not really my body because it's not painful. It's not like nerve stuff. It's just this real deep, soothing pain. Uh, not pain, it's uh, like heat. So I'm just going to throw it out there. If no one needs healing on their left calf, maybe you've injured something in that part of your left leg. Does that speak to anybody in the room? <laughs> no? Nira? I mean, Naira, sorry. Nira. Come nearer, Naira. <laughs> so, how does it relate to you then? Okay. Like specifically below the knee? In the knee? Okay. So, why don't we do this? Let's just, you know, this is church, <laughs> this is family. So, why don't we have, can you stand up? just for a minute. Why don't we have a few of the ladies that are, are close by that can kind of sneak over? And, you know, God, by the Holy Spirit, will give us things like a word of knowledge. Sometimes it'll be something, he's just pointing out a body part because he wants to heal it. You know, our, our God is not a stingy God. He is not um, yes and no, as the word of God tells us. But all of God's promises in Christ Jesus are yes and amen. And so through him, we speak the amen, or in English, so be it. So, Father, we thank you that it's your will for Naira's leg to not have any pain in it. And so today, we just speak to that pain, and we say, Jesus, in Jesus' name, pain has to go. We just command that pain to go because it doesn't belong there. And we say, Father, let your will and your kingdom be released now into Nira, I keep calling you Nira, sorry, into Naira's body, into her leg. God, I just pray also that it would just explode from head to toe, that your life, as Romans 8 says, the spirit of God that he has caused to live inside of you will release life into your mortal body. In Jesus' name. So you might want to just check it out, and if something has happened, if you feel like the pain is gone. 
Okay, so it comes and goes. She's not feeling it right now. But we're going to just hold on to that word. I believe that that might have been what God was giving me that for. We'll see if it goes away now. Um, and I also was having this, well, I was uh, climbing the tree in our backyard, cutting branches down so we could watch the fireworks last night. Um, but for about a week now, I, I did it a week ago. And uh, so I did have some pain in my thumb, which is my own thing. You know, it's not a word of knowledge. But during worship, I was, I was getting like a, a numb tingling in my other thumb. And I just felt, I asked God, is this a word of knowledge? Is this something um, that you want to deal with? And so I felt like carpal tunnel, like wrist pain is something that he wants to heal. So if you have carpal tunnel pain or wrist pain, why don't you stand up? Because he wants to heal it. And if not, yes? <laughs> okay, this is fun. Church should be fun. Church should be fun. If you guys get bored and you think church is stupid here, by all means, don't waste your, don't waste your day. But Okay, so we have a couple people standing up. So let's do this again. Sharon, you want to come a little closer? And uh, once again, let's just have a few people get around these two. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for what Jesus did on the cross for us. We just speak the name of Jesus into every situation. We speak the name of Jesus over wrist pain. Is it okay to just touch your wrist real quick? So we just speak the name of Jesus into your wrist. We just plead the blood of Jesus and the work of the cross, the work of the atonement. Christ the victor. He has given the victory over sin, over death, over sickness, over depression, over bondage over every work of the enemy, and even over the weakness that our bodies experience in the natural as we, as we age, as we do hard work, as we climb in trees and cut off branches. Um, he cares about everything. So, so Jesus' name, we just speak the name of Jesus into your wrist, and we release the power of heaven that has been purchased for you. Healing is the children's bread. I'm getting that hot thing in my calf again. It's really weird. So, okay, so check your wrists out. Now, before you tell us, before you tell us if it still hurts or not, uh, a week ago, about a week ago, um, we had a gathering at our house and my a Friday night worship. So it was a week ago Friday. My brother-in-law Dale um, got a brand new job as a as a flagger at the airport. You know, he does the waving those things and his wrists were hurting really bad um, and we prayed for a few people in the living room and he didn't want to be like you know greedy or something so he just held out but he's like well yeah now that it's uh, all over I really could use some prayer for my wrists um, so we had the kids and this is what we should have done is had you kids come up we're going to check you guys in just a second um, he had we had the kids get around my brother-in-law Dale and um, we just asked them to put their hands on his wrists. And so I, I gave a little instruction because they're being a little shy about just jumping right on. And that's okay. You know, that's, children need parents to train them. Train a child in the way he or she should go and they won't depart from it. So I had Ethan just speak after me 
um, we command the pain to go in Jesus' name and whatever else we prayed. And he checked his wrist and he said, wow, I couldn't do that earlier. And I said, well, what about the pain? And he said, about 90% gone. So we just gave it another blast. We said, well, if God can do up to 90%, let's just take care of that last 10%. So the two of you that, so Sharon and Cheryl, do you feel anything different in your wrist? Okay, and Sharon, what about you? So do you think you need a little more? Okay, why don't, um, we don't need all the adults to stand up, but I'm going to ask you ladies if you would be so kind and gracious to let us have the kids pray for you. You guys okay? Can we take a minute to do this? Um, You know, the Father cares more about you walking out of this place, receiving something from him, from his heart straight to your heart, more than me getting a message out that, you know, I whatever. So why don't you come back up, Sharon? And Cheryl, if you want to stand, and I would like the three of you, uh, actually the uh, Clayton, Emily, Ethan, and Austin, and who else is over there? And uh, let's get the three of you up here too. And Judah, Landon, uh, anyone else who wants to come and pray? We've got two people, so just go half the room over here, half over there, and just put your fingers on their wrists. Just, just grab right, just lightly, don't hurt them. <laughs> Yeah, just put your hands on. That's okay, Nora. There you go, girls. So we've told our kids before that there is no, ju- no junior Holy Spirit, okay? So they don't have a little junior Holy Spirit. They have the same dunamos power of God living inside of them, okay? And so we've also told them when you go into places to turn on your sprinkler. You know, the Bible says that out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow from out from within you and out of you. So right now, in Jesus' name, why don't you guys just repeat after me? Pain, you have to go. Go ahead and just say it. Just pain, you have to go. In Jesus' name. And we release life and healing in the mighty name of Jesus, in the name of Yeshua, Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. All right, so go ahead and check it again. Let's just see. It's better. And it's okay if it still hurts a little bit. That's okay. We, we, we won't, like, take the whole morning to keep praying and praying. But it is better. So, like, 50%? Okay, so a little better than 50%. Awesome. And what about Sharon? are praying there was so much more than just my wrist so thank you thank you kids thank you guys you're powerful little peeps little peoples awesome well that was fun and whoa man there's stuff all over the place here (laughs) no but I I did want to mention I just want to say thank you to uh Marilyn and and those of you that have brought some things if you guys look around this isn't what every Sunday typically looks like this is the boys and girls teen center and they've got lots of stuff that's already on the walls it you know it doesn't look like a church 
building, but then the building really isn't the church. It's us. We are the church. The church is a living, breathing organism that we call the body of Christ Jesus. So you are his hands, his feet, you are his body, and we are the church, not a building, but it's so refreshing. So thank you, Marilyn. Thank you for beautifying, and there is some power in Naira. Yes, thank you. Uh, Nira? Oh, Nira's sister, Naira, okay. I'm so sorry. I, I repeated, the, the Lord draweth Naira, and that was how I was going to remember, but then I'm just kind of spontaneous, spontaneously calling you Nira, because the Lord is near. So awesome. Well, I want to say welcome to Legacy City Church. Welcome, you guys. I know there's a few new faces, and it's, we're excited. This is fresh and new for us as a couple, as a family, as a church that was in our living room a little more than a year ago. And uh, we're just, like, stoked. I'm so excited. Last week I shared, you know, that I was out delivering mail, and I saw this baby eagle flying around the tree, flapping its wings, and it was, like, just chirping, like, not chirping like a little bird, but making that eagle sound. And it was going nuts. It was so happy and exhilarated. And I felt like, God, I was having a moment. I felt like God just told me, this is how you are right now with what I'm doing in this, this church called Legacy City Church. And I am really exhilarated. I'm excited. So if I seem a little, like, tongue-tied and, and uh, you know, just, like, zoning out on all of you, you just look like good people. You know, you're a good-looking group, good-looking crowd. Yeah, awesome. Tammy's going to prophesy. <laughs> yeah, I actually had something. Um, as I was looking at this amazing picture up here, there's this boldness, and, but yet a gentleness, and I felt like God was saying, I want you to walk in boldness, in my authority, but in gentleness. That's awesome. You know, I, that, that is good, yeah. Boldness, but in gentleness. Yeah. You know, the lion of the tribe of Judah, that's who Jesus is. And the name Judah means, what does it mean, Judah? Praise. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. There's just something about praise. There's something about when we worship him. It's, I think it's his favorite part of our meeting together. He just loves it when we come together, and there's this unity of declaring and singing out loud the truth of who he is. There is no rival. There's no equal. There is nothing that can come against the name of Jesus. I even took notes. <laughs> yeah, what a powerful name. Nothing can stand against it. So I just want to encourage you guys today, if you feel like there's things that are coming up against you, there's nothing that can stand against the name of Jesus. And if Jesus lives inside of you and your life is wrapped up in him, if you are in Christ, then every trial, every situation that comes up against you, it has to bow. It has to bow to the name of Jesus. Now, we can choose to partner with fear or whatever, anxiety, the things that are of that old nature, but I want to encourage you guys today that Jesus died a death on the cross, and the Bible tells us that we were crucified with him. We were crucified with Christ. Paul said 
And this is not just a special thing that gave Paul permission to say it, that he, he didn't achieve some high level of spirituality where he could say, I have finally been crucified with Christ. No, he said, I have been crucified with Christ, therefore I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You can look at yourself, and Romans tells us to go ahead. You have permission to consider yourself dead. Consider yourself dead to sin. I know Bonnie's like, he's been listening to Graham, Graham Cook again. <laughs> yes, I have. I've been feasting. I had so many things I've been feasting on this week that I am just like, don't know. The Holy Spirit is really going to have to help me because I could rabbit trail in 20 different directions this morning. But you have a new nature. The old you, the old Ed, has been crucified with Christ. Your, your old man, your old person died with Christ on the cross. Even before you were born, you were in him. You were being, your sinful nature was being crucified. The Son of God bore our sins in his body while on the cross, while on the tree. So, the stuff that we struggle with of the old nature, we're just dealing with a dead person, really. I had this weird picture when I was delivering mail yesterday and listening to that. Uh, it was like the picture of inside of a morgue, and, you know, we're trying, I'm sorry, you know, if this really scares you or freaks you out. I'm not trying to do that. But, you know, they're a mortician, and they, they hire people, makeup artists to come in. Jesus did not call us to try to prop up the dead person and try to try to make the dead man improved, the new and improved. What's that movie that people used to watch? That they take the dead guy to the parties and stuff. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Weekend at Bernie's, yeah. <laughs> you know, God is not angry with us. He's not looking at you and me according to the old, sinful, dead nature that was crucified with Christ. He has put a, an, an, an endurable, endurable, indestructible seed within you when you said yes to Jesus when you put your faith in the son of God he put a seed inside of you and that seed is the the very life of Christ Jesus himself and it's growing and expanding and he is jealous he I'm not going to try to make you cry Vani where'd you go oh, right there he's jealous for you he's jealous for each one of us and he is so jealous to see that life of his son rising up and exploding out of each one of us It says in 2 Corinthians, and I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that we are no longer to regard one another according to the flesh. You know, we've been, uh, some of us have been going, stepping into this new journey of learning how to walk in the prophetic. And the first thing that we learned this last Friday night was learn how to call out the gold in people. Learn how to look for the gold, the, look for the treasure that God has buried inside of each person. You know, if you're a Christian and you've received the life of Jesus inside of you, God's heart is that that life gets called out. That we don't look at you according to the flesh and say, hmm, sister, you got like all kinds of problems. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not looking at you for that reason, Tal. I'll look at Sharon instead. <laughs> She's good with it. I'll just put a mirror in front of me. Yeah. He does not want us to focus on the dead man. 
He wants us and is jealous for us to call out the new life. Behold, all things are new. The old is gone, the new has come. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation or a new creature. You have a new life waiting to just burst out of you. And God wants to help us. He wants to help us get over our dead self. (laughs) We got to get over the dead person. We got to get over the stuff. He took care of the sin issue on the cross. The cross is sufficient. It's not like we have to go add to what Jesus did and punish ourselves every time we fall down, every time we do something out of a habit that we've learned from our old way of life, or maybe it's in your current new expression of life. Maybe you've picked up some habits or things that really don't jive with the new man, the new woman, the the life of Christ. Maybe it doesn't align with the life of Christ. God's not angry with you, but he wants to help you get the dirt out of the way so the gold of heaven that he's placed inside of you can shine. You know, we've been called to shine. Let your light so shine before men. And you know, that seed, just like a father, when he, when he releases life into the earth by impregnating his wife and a child comes into the world, a, a father is very protective over, over that life, that, that seed that has come from him that's now walking around and, and uh, representing his family name. You know, when I look at my five kids, I, you know, I'm, I'm very, I'm a proud dad. I'm very proud. And my kids all know by now that if I, if I start to touch the dirt, you know, if I start to say, you got to deal with that. You got to stop doing that. You got to, you know, kind of practice this instead. You know, we don't beat our kids up over their mistakes. We have to address it. And, and I have made my mistakes of going after things in a really harsh way in the past, and I, I'm learning right? Am I learning? Okay, thanks. I need a little encouragement now and then. Um, Yeah, I have made mistakes, but God is teaching me that the way he fathers me is the way he wants me to father my kids, that that I have the, the privilege as a dad in this earth to call out in my children who they really are, that you, Nora Grace, you're an Alcorn girl, you, Oscar Harlan, you're an Alcorn boy. And you carry the things that God has put in our family line. And I see it. And there's, there's good things that God has put in, in you. And it's the same with all of us. You, know, you were created in the image of God. Sin came into our lives through Adam and Eve, through the fall. But we were made in the image of God. We bear something in each one of us. There, there's a resemblance of the nature of the creator. And we are not gods, so I'm not saying that you are a deity, but you do have Christ Jesus living in you, and you are a work of art. You really are precious to him. In fact, Jesus didn't die for trash. That would be an insult. If you were just a worthless trash, yeah, we all deserve judgment because of sin, but God does not identify you according to the things that you've done. He sees you as the person that he created you to be. So he doesn't look at your mistake and say, you had a drink of alcohol, therefore I will forever label you a drunkard. Or you had an immoral thought, so now you're forever 
labeled as a pervert or sexually immoral, he wants to remove those labels. And God is so concerned and so caring over you and so jealous for you that you know who he says you are. Because the world will put all kinds of things on you. The devil and the demonic realm will try to lie to you and put all kinds of things on you to keep you from really knowing who God says you are. And not just knowing it, but embracing who he says you are. I missed it this morning, Dave. Usually Dave comes up here and says, good morning, kings and priests. God says you're a royal priesthood. You are regal. First, and I've quoted this before lots of times. You guys might get tired of it. I'm just going to do it again. First John chapter 1, verse 12 says, to all who received him, Speaking of receiving Jesus into your life. To all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right. That word right is exousia in the Greek. Exousia means regal authority. You have received a regal royal crown of authority when you said yes to Jesus. He says I'm going to put a crown of authority on you and I'm going to seat you right next to my son Jesus because you are now seated with him in heavenly places and I call you son, I call you daughter because I put the spirit of sonship within you. The spirit that enables you and allows you, gives you all permission in heaven and on earth to say to God, Daddy, Father, Abba. He cares about who you see yourself as. If you just see yourself as a sinner or you identify yourself with the stuff that you struggle with, that is the plan of the enemy. You know, this is gonna be what we're end up talking about this morning, but go ahead and just put that picture of Jack Black up there. You know, I, in the past I put this picture of, of uh, you know, the, the Gulliver's Travels picture where the giant is, is pinned down um, I have another picture where it's the little kid and it's little the um, marshmallow bunnies, the peeps, at Easter time. And they're all around the little kid and they're pinning them down. And we've used that picture a lot of times. But, you know, this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to hear and agree and partner with every lie of the enemy. And his goal is to pin you down so that you will be ineffective and unproductive in your faith. And I think it really breaks the heart of our dad, of our father. If I saw my children just so crushed, so, so unable to identify themselves as a part of my family anymore, like they just want to go and run away and commit suicide or something and, or just no longer be a part of my house, that would kill me as it would any parent in this room. How much more important is it for the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ see the sons and daughters that Jesus paid the highest, ultimate price on the cross for to see you set free from all of those bindings, all of those lies, all of those strongholds that hold you down and keep you back from who he's called you to be. You are powerful people. You are people that have been redeemed from sin and death. You've been set free from the curse of the law. 
You have received the spirit of holiness. The spirit of God lives inside of you. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within you. You are a powerful human being walking around, going into the grocery store, thinking that, eh, I don't have anything to contribute. I probably don't have the ability to pray for that lady in front of me with a cane. I probably don't have a prophetic word to speak to that person who looks so downcast but could really use just a a little encouragement from the Holy Spirit. But who am I? The enemy would just tell you, look at yourself. Who are you? And it's time for us to put the the voice of the enemy to death. Well, I don't know about to death. I guess we can do that. Can we do that? We want to silence the voice of the enemy. I'm going to read a scripture. So I'm looking at this in the Passion Translation. So I've got to find the exact spot. Could it be any clearer? This is uh, Romans chapter 6. I'll just start at verse 4. I'm going to read some scripture And I think we'll just go ahead and we'll stand after that and we'll pray and we'll just close because I could probably go rabbit trail from this, but I feel like like what he wants to accomplish is going to be like right at the the peak right here. So Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 4, sharing in his death by our baptism. I think we need to get a baptism, baptismal tank so we can step into it. Sharing in his death by our baptism means something. It means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. Now, I feel like it's weird if I have you turn to your neighbor and say, you're so dead. Graham Cook has people do that, and I don't want you to declare something like death. But, you know, there is power in our words, but I think God you know, knows when our hearts are communicating something. It's... It's, it's our words, but it's the spirit in the words. So, but don't, don't do it, but you could. You could whisper it, say, you're so dead. So sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him so that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we, say we, thank you, we were also raised with him You were raised with Jesus when he rose from the dead. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered. Say empowered. Empowered. (laughs) So that we could be empowered to walk. I won't make you say everything, but so that you could walk in the freshness of new life. Man, I'm getting kind of drunk almost talking about this. I want new life and I want to walk in the freshness of new life. For since we are permanently grafted in to him, man, you can just repeat. Why don't you guys just, when you get home today, go look this up on BibleGateway.com and um, just type in Romans 6 and go to the Passion Translation. Maybe read it over yourself and declare it with, with, some, with some fervor, yeah. Fervor, some passion. Okay, let me find my spot here. Since we were permanently grafted into him to experience a death like his, then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his. 
If you've been crucified with him, then you've been raised with him. If your life is in Christ, you're not stuck in the dead man anymore. You've received resurrection life. This is amazing. I don't know why I known this stuff over all the years and for now for some reason right now it's just kind of whacking me then we are permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his and the new life that it imparts hmm you have new life in you and it is imparting it is releasing that new life into all of your body and it wants to get out of your body rivers, dry bones come alive. Yeah. Okay. So we're almost done. Bear with me, guys. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? (laughs) Your former identity has been deprived of its power. Jesus said all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. That means the devil, I know I'm quoting Graham again, the devil has no authority unless you give him your authority because Jesus has all authority and he's given you all authority in him, in his name. And if we choose to allow the enemy to undermine the authority that we carry and sneak up in it and get you to partner with darkness, then it empowers his kingdom. That's not a good thing. Okay, let's get back to the scripture here. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin. He wants to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we, could, so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. It's time for us to quit submitting to sin's power and we need to submit to the power of God, that resurrection power. Obviously, a dead person is incapable of sinning. If we were co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. And we know that since the anointed one, Jesus, has been raised from the dead to die no more, his resurrection life has vanquished death and its power over him is finished. For by his sacrifice, he died to sin's power once and for all, but now he lives continuously to the Father's pleasure. And here's our response right here. So let it be the same way with you. Let it be the same way with you. Since you are now joined with Jesus, since you have been grafted into the vine in his life, that resurrection life is flowing into your veins. It's flowing into your body. You must continually view yourselves as dead. I know this is like more like an Easter message, I guess, or Good Friday, but... This is important to him because he wants the new life to be in domination over your life. Not the old dead man, that ball and chain that we feel like we drag around of the old dead man. Let me just go back over this one last time, then we're going to stand up and pray. So since you're now joined to Jesus, since your life is united with Christ, 
by the Holy Spirit through your faith in him and you've received your new identity, you must continually view yourself as dead and unresponsive to sin's appeal while living daily for God's pleasure in union with Jesus, the anointed one. Man, I could keep reading. You know, the way I learned parts of this passage in Romans 6, it says to reckon yourself or consider yourself dead. You know, we, we have permission from God to look in the mirror every morning and respond to his promise that his mercies are new every morning. Can you bump up to the Lamentations 3? I think it's right before that picture. Why don't you guys stand up? Because otherwise I'm just going to keep going. So most of us have heard this over time, but this is so important for you to look in the mirror every morning when you're starting your day before you have an opportunity to start walking down the path in whatever thing tries to get on you and tries to undermine the authority that God has given you to walk in. This is what the Lord says to us. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. New every morning. His, his mercy is new every morning. He has, a, he has portioned out for you, just like setting your breakfast before your kids, the breakfast of champions. He has placed mercy and grace for you to walk in. He's dealt with the sin. He's paid the price to cancel out sin. Sin has no power over you any longer unless you want to give it power. But it, it really has no authority, no power over you. So you have an opportunity every day to walk in the grace of God. And we all know the Bible says, should we sin because we've received grace? Should we use grace as a license to sin? Doy, no. Of course not. That would be stupid. That's the spirit of stupid, okay? That's a no-brainer. We don't use grace as a license to sin. But we can't just say, well, that's, that's it then. We'll just leave it at that. No, grace has been given you to empower you to walk, to walk upright, to walk with Jesus so that when dirt does get on your feet, he can wash that dirt off your feet as you're walking. But you don't have to get so fixated on, oh my gosh, I got a dirt clod on my big toe. What do I do? I guess I'm not walking in grace anymore. My identity is no longer the new creation. It's the guy walking with dirt on his foot. <laughs> I, I've done it. I think most of us have done it. The moment you mess up, it takes a while to get back up and resume Resume identity and walk in who you are. The righteous man may fall seven times, but he gets back up. And I think as you grow in grace, that distance between the time you slip and the time you get back up gets shorter and shorter. So his mercy is new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, so let's just pray this now. I say to myself, we say to ourselves, the Lord is our portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is my portion. Lord Jesus, you are our portion. Holy Spirit, you are our portion and our inheritance. You are our life. 
You are our very life. You are the hope that lives within us. And this morning, we just, we rise up in you as your sons and daughters. We take hold of hope and we just say, let hope swallow us up. Let hope rise up and crush every disappointment, every failure, everything that would come and distract us from who you've called us to be and where you're calling us to walk in. Lord, we fix our eyes on you, Jesus. We lock our eyes straight onto your very throne, and we want to pursue you. We want to walk with you. We want to know you. We want to hear your voice. We want our lives to be fully yours. We want to be your worshipers, King Jesus. We offer our bodies to you as living sacrifices. We offer the parts of our bodies as instruments of righteousness. We sanctify ourselves, and if that's Christianese, that just means we set ourselves apart before you, God. We take ourselves and we place them before you in your light, and we say, this is yours. It's for you to use, King Jesus, for your purposes. We just speak the blood of Jesus over our lives, that we have been vessels, we are vessels, we are cups, plates, bowls, instruments that have been set apart for the use of the king. And we just say, take us like a goblet this morning that you've purified by your own blood and fill us up with the new wine. Fill us up this morning. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Pour into each one of us. As we place our hands before you this morning, we say, pour your wine. Pour the goodness of your presence into us and fill us to overflow. We are yours. We are yours. In Jesus' name.